Immediately a man was nailed to the cross, he lost all his rights. And if you ever get nailed to the cross, you'll lose all yours too. We love ourselves so much. And who are, we, who are we talking about now? Unbelievers? No. So-called believers who have never understood what it is to take up the cross and put self to death. See, because in the last days there's going to be very little preaching about the cross and death to self-life. And so, when there's no preaching against death on death to self, self is going to flourish in the lives of many Christians. They won't even know that you cannot follow Jesus if you love yourself. I don't ask people if they're saved anymore. Who isn't saved? From the White House to the jailhouse. <clears throat> I'm asking you, is Christ, does Christ live in you? Christianity is the only religion in the world where a man's God comes and lives inside of him. Thanks be to God that when I finally acknowledge that I can't do this, it's not possible for me to live the Christian life on my own. I, I'm not called to chart my own course. I'm not called to create my own destiny and ask God to bless it. I'm called to follow Him. I'm called to give up the rights to my life and walk with the Holy Savior. I'm called to let His mind be formed in me. His life become my life. His ways become my ways. His purpose become my purpose. His plan become my plan. And then the power of God will come upon me. Hmm. Morning. Welcome to the Removing Confusion path, uh, podcast. Goodness gracious, it's Tom Richardson. We're going to talk about some things today that are pretty uh, prevalently running about in our news cycle, but I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it. These people that make a living lying. They make a living lying. Um, we just recently, in the last eight or so months, saw that uh, they went after the first, uh, or they went after the last president, Trump, and just raided his house looking for these classified documents. Now, I am one, I can honestly tell you, I have handled classified federal documents top secret documents and they were really you know it sounds so you know in depth and whatever and, and i i can't really speak of them without getting myself in trouble but i can tell you I've, I've seen them i've touched them i've read them i've been you know it was part of my job i didn't take them home i didn't stuff them in my socks or my underwear and try to leave the building with them because that would have got me in deep trouble but, you know, the thing of it is, 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 is that these people in power, they can do whatever they want, it seems like. Now, did, did old crazy Joe take these things home with him and store them next to his Corvette? I, I, I'm beginning to wonder. You know, I, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. There's somebody that wants him knocked out of power. And uh, as I sat there watching the news 
this morning that I taped last night, uh, I told I told my wife I said you know I'm I'm honestly I I almost feel like you know they're setting him up or or something to that degree I don't want to use the wrong terms but I said you know who says he did it and then sure enough even Tucker Carlson said you know well I got to give him the benefit of the doubt really is somebody else is doing this to him I'm telling you we live in a very interesting time. But the thing of it is, is again, with the is, is the thing of it is these people are constantly doing things because they're in a position to do them and they can get away with it. And, uh, I'm going to cover a couple of things today through the Bible, which is my favorite place to go, isn't it? But first of all, let's look at something. Let's, let's get some definitions correctly framed in our minds the 1828 noah webster's dictionary definition of the noun liar (laughs) a person a person a person who knowingly utters falsehood one who declares to another as fact what he knows to not be true and with an intention to deceive him or her, the uttering of falsehood by mistake and without an intention to deceive does not constitute one a liar. The uh, biblical definition of a liar is one who denies Christ, 1 John 2, 4. 1 John chapter 2, verse 4. But I like that, you know, now this is Noah Webster. He was a, he was a prominent Christian, uh, not theologian really, but uh, he put together the Webster's Dictionary from way back. And um, almost 200 years ago, and he used the Bible as his roadmap as he did it. The uttering of a falsehood by mistake and without an intention to deceive does not constitute one a liar. Now, that's, that's the caveat to a liar. You know, you didn't mean it. You know, maybe you didn't know what you were saying was a untruth. You know, maybe it was this gossip, you know, uh, whatever. Uh, there's a lot of different things that can fall there. You may truly have believed that what you're saying is true. That is what I call, you know, in the end, you were self-deceived. Or perhaps deceived by someone else, but it sounded so good that you decided, well, I can pass this on. And, you know, that's why here at Removing Confusion, we're very careful about, I've said this many times, and I'll say it again, we're very careful about bearing false witness bearing false witness. Now, Jesus, uh, in his perfect, let's just put it that way, his perfect ability to say the truth, never could lie, never did lie, never will lie. 
said to the Pharisees, Ye, as in John 8, 44, ye are of your father the devil, and the lusts of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. He told these religious, very politically connected Jewish leaders of the day that they speak the devil's language. When he speaks a lie, he speaks of his own, for he is a liar and the father of that. John 8.55 goes on, yet, yet ye have not known him, but I know him. And if I should say I know him not, I shall be a liar like unto you, but I know him and keep his saying, speaking of his father, God in heaven. Jesus says, I, you're not going to get me. I'm going to just tell you the truth. You don't like what I have to say. And this was a very difficult thing for a man to say because in that time back then, you'd get yourself stoned for saying the things that Jesus said. And a matter of fact, in the end, it got him crucified as we know. Now, um, we have so much that we can cover here. Let's, let's, you know, I like, I like that definition though of liar. (laughs) You know, you can, you can slip up and say the wrong thing and, and you'll be okay. Psalm 116 verse 11 says, I said in my haste, all men are liars. Mm-hmm. You know, through the years, uh, we see over and over again, we can't trust politicians from the lowest level on up. We have trouble sometimes now with those that stand in pulpits, and I don't, I'm not declaring anyone as a liar. I'm not saying, you know, that's that's between them and God. Now, you know, if you catch them flat out, then you've got them. I will say this. There are many deceivers. Now, if you try to break down the barrier between liar and deceiver, it's not a very, it's not a very thick roadblock. Because if somebody's trying to deceive you, he's obviously lying to you. Uh, 1 Timothy 1 and 10. 1 Timothy 1 10. For whoremongers, <laughs> for them that defile themselves with mankind, for man stealers, for liars, for perjured persons. See, that's a liar, is the you know, blatant right out in the world, you know, you're a liar perjurers that's a legal term but perjured persons and if there be any uh if there be any other thing that is contrary to sound doctrine timothy is being told you know don't don't let these things seep into your doctrine don't let these things become uh, uh pulled away from your doctrine in, a, in other words, the negative side of your doctrine. Because they 
over the years we've seen and centuries even we've seen so many things that they've tried to pull into the church into the doctrine of jesus christ that do not belong there i'm not giving any examples today because i don't have any prepared but lying can slip in i'm gonna i will give you a quote a quote that i found and this is i think it's anonymous anyway don't change the gospel to fit your life or your sin change your life to fit the gospel do not change the gospel to fit your life or sin change your life to fit the gospel we all have to be doing that we all have to be working very seriously towards our lives lining up with scripture with gospel specifically the gospel of jesus christ <clears throat> now i've read this verse to you many 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 times revelation 21 8 and i'm gonna i won't read it all you know it's whoremongers and sorcerers and adulterers and all liars not just some didn't notice it, it you know didn't say oh uh, not just the liars outside of the church but the liars in it too all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. My goodness. You know, all is it, it's, there's no exclusions. There's no passe to it. You're gone, period. We have to be so careful, ready, set to not be destructively untruthful. What we're seeing, and, and here's, you know, it, it's, it, it begs, to, I, I, I can't even, I have never seen in 62 years and, you know, I don't, I'm, of course, the first four or five or six, I, I wasn't all that aware of a lot of things. But, you know, in all of my life, the, I've not seen the, the level of deception. Now, it, it probably has always been there, we have to imagine. But the fact of the matter is, is it's very much more easy for us to Right there it is. It's on the internet. It's on the TV. It's the cable news that runs 24 hours a day, seven days a week. With alerts that come out one after another, one after another, one after another. And, you know, we have a lot of things that a president and the Senate and the Congress can be f trying to alleviate and fix in this country that it doesn't seem to be happening. Now, perhaps within the next few weeks or months or who knows, uh, we'll start to see something happen on our southern border. But we still have a president that doesn't care. And we have a vice president. If they knock this guy out, 
with all this. If they're setting him up for an exit, then we, we're in worse shape because we have Kamala, who is, I don't know what's wrong with her. She's, she's a bit of a, of a scary one. A woman can't put together a good sentence, you know, uh, without a, a lot of what they call the never heard that terminology till these last few years, word salad, word salad, you know, you know, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit of that and this and that and the other thing. And then we have this and then, well, we can't have that because, but this is what we've got. Give me a break. These people are supposed to be highly educated and they're supposed to be tuned in, and they're supposed to be the smartest and the best and the brightest. And we got some of the biggest morons that I've ever seen in my life. You know, I've I've been myself, you know, kind of thrown aside on certain things because of my lack of college education. And I don't care anymore. But I'm going to tell you what. When you sit and listen to these highly educated people, you're like, huh? Where They are? I don't think so. Now... You know, in the in the in the past, it was you know there was a lot of and it, this is running through the news like crazy. And you know, Donald Trump was very irresponsible, is what Joe Biden said. But when he gets cornered on it, it oh, well, it was locked up in my garage next to my prized Corvette. We have to be very careful. All right, because first of all, here's, here's, here's one of those verses that has been used in the Bible and used so incorrectly for so many centuries even. Judge not that ye be not judged. Matthew 7, 1. Every, even the worldly ones, the people who never, ever look at their Bible can throw, judge not. I've written about this. I've done podcasts about it. But we're going to talk about it a little bit today just for the heck of it. Now, I've heard other people say that, you know, I'm not going to judge anybody because I don't want to be judged. And Look, you have to judge correctly is what this is saying. You have to judge correctly is what it's saying. If you... Christian are judging someone on something they are doing or have done secretly you're doing it too you have just violated Matthew 7 1 now if you do this correctly. I believe it's Matthew chapter 18 that gives the go to the person 
one-on-one if they don't listen go to them two-on-one you know and then you go to them with the whole congregation and try to straighten out their and that's this is people who have sinned either against you or against the church the the church of jesus christ the church that's the real church not the catholic or uh LDS or anything else. I'm talking about the body of Christ. The Bible through the New Testament, we can pick and choose and cherry pick and pull things uh, and say, well, it says in you know First Corinthians uh, chapter four, I think it is. Therefore, judge nothing before the time. See, that's a long. This is a long verse, and I, I'm playing. I had it pulled up in front of me. Some people say that, that, and that's all they know is therefore judge nothing before the time. Period. No, it's a comma until the Lord come, who both will bring to light the hidden things of darkness and will make manifest the counsels of the hearts, and then shall every man have praise of God. But go back to 7-1, because we need to read more than just 7-1, don't we? Matthew 7-1, for those that are going to get confused if I don't say it. For with what judgment ye judge, this is Matthew 7-2, ye shall also be judged, and with what measure you meet, M-E-T-E, it shall be measured to you again. And it goes on. The judgment doesn't stop at 7-1. It goes on down through. And why, why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but considereth not the beam that is in thine own eye? My friend Steve Mitchell did a, did the, uh, he, he did a, a series on the Sermon on the Mount. I loved it. it, it it's, a, it's one of the, really deep dives into this the the uh sermon on the mount that jesus did and this is part of it this is towards the end of it in matthew it starts like in matthew 5 and goes on to to about matthew 8 and he brought a funny thought he says when you think about this think about it you know that you know, you're looking at somebody and they have a, a speck, just a wee little, maybe it's a splinter, maybe using wood because we're going to a beam, you know. Uh, but you got this little, wee little tiny, just barely can see it. You're saying, you know, hey, 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 Bob, you know, you got a, you got a little, you know, let me get that little, it, it, it just doesn't seem right. And while you're standing there, you have this telephone pole sticking out of your head. You don't notice that. You don't notice that. You know, probably everybody else does. And they should probably talk to you about it. But if you can find this wee little thing, wee little thing, picking at it, one little thing that somebody's done, and you've been doing way worse. You've been doing this for a long time as well. You've, you've developed this into a new style of life. You're in big-time trouble guilty. 
Or how wilt thou say to thy brother, let me pull out that little moat, that little speck out of your eye, and behold, the beam is in thine own eye or your own eye. It's still there. You're going to make sure you get that little that little thing out of somebody's life, you're going you're gonna to castigate them and you're going to go after them and you're going to pinch them and you're going to, oh, you're not going to get away with this. Don't worry about that thing flopping around out of my eye. That's not, no, that's not, don't look over here. Don't pay attention to the beam. Matthew 7, 5, Jesus says, thou hypocrite, first, Cast out the beam out of thine own eye, and then shalt thou see clearly to cast the mote out of thy brother's eye. In the Old Testament sacrificial system, the chief priests high priests, all the priests, they had to be able to see these lambs that were brought for slaughter, uh, for sacrifice. Let's use that as a better, I said slaughter, I'm sorry. For sacrifice. They were the sacrifice for the sins of the family. And they were supposed to be without blemish. And you had to have pretty good eyesight checking this this little lamb over and making sure there wasn't, you know, a, a patch of black hair sticking out somewhere. That wouldn't be, it wouldn't be perfect, would it? It wouldn't be clear. Or maybe it's got a big boil on it somewhere, a little boil, whatever. These were supposed to be clean. They were supposed to be un, uh, not sick in any way. So the chief priest's eyes had to be, you know, pretty clear. Now, you know, as we go along, we see that the system was seriously flawed through the years. You know, you got to First Samuel, and, and I'm, I'm just pulling from memory. You had Eli, Hophni, and Phinehas. Eli was a high priest. He was old. And his, it says his eyes were dim. So he had his crooked sons. Filling in, because that's how it worked. I mean, you're, you're the chief priest or any priest, they were all in the Levite clan, uh, and they would do the system. You know, the, and they, these guys were crooked. They kept things that weren't to be kept for eating. They 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 lied. They cheated. They stole. They did the whole nine yards. They ended up dead. But see, here's the thing with this. When you have, when you have something in your life that is evil, sinful, and wrong, let's just put it all in a row, and we all do. This is where judging becomes a problem. This is where picking out things from somebody else is a problem. People say, oh, I don't want to lose any of my rewards. That's ridiculous. Don't worry about your rewards. Worrying about if you're not being convicted, which obviously this brother with a beam hanging out of his head, he isn't even convicted the slightest bit. 
looking at the person who has a we you know every, it's a small sin okay all sin is sin right oh yeah well sin sin doesn't make any difference small or big no it's being brought to us here as you have someone who has a horrible you know big bulging festering sore compared to a guy that's got a pimple on his forehead we got to get rid of that pimple, though. What about that big? Don't worry about that. That's my problem, not yours. I'm going to fix your problem. You, Jesus is telling us, hypocrite, you can't fix. You can't help. You can't even clearly see to fix that problem or help that person. Let's put it that way. You, only, only God can truly fix our problems. He, he's, he gives us people to kind of bounce things off of but he's given us prayer to bounce everything off of so you know don't go around thinking that you're the be all end all they throw a they throw a a title on you counselor you know doctor pastor priest whatever and you know I'm, i'm not talking of anyone specific I take my counsel with God. I've decided, uh, I don't, and you know what? God's been gracious to me. He's given me a, a, a good wife. I don't have to worry about her. She's busy, 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 but I don't have to worry about her. You know, like some men do. Uh, and you know, we can talk, but there's some, there are some things that we just go to God with. You know, and it, it's like we can hash things over and over and over again, but sooner or later you got to take it to God and just say, you know, is there something in my life that I need to be really looking at here too? You know, I, I I'm saved. I know I know Christ. I have a I I have a place set aside for me in heaven, and whatever comes after. But I I uh, I want to make sure that while I'm here. I'm not thou hypocrite. Hypocrite's a funny word. It just means actor. That's that's the Greek blasé term. Actor. One who puts on a mask. Masquerader could be another term, but you know, hypocrite is there. You're hypercritical. Let's even go that route. You can break it down English wise, but it means it means someone who's acting, someone who's not who they seem they are. You know, it's better to live right out there in front of everybody and let them know who you are, warts and all, than to try to hide a bunch of stuff behind the curtain or the mask. These guys that we have running things. Man, you know, I... I I've been watching over the years even, you know, because politics, I can't keep up with the garbage that goes on. It's like it's like a deluge daily of something else that comes up that's just unbelievable. How do they how are they getting away with this now? How are they doing that? You know, the <laughs> it goes on and on. 
So we, I turn my, my focus more back towards things like the church. I want to know the thing that's the most important to, to us as believers. When I say church, folks, I don't mean mine or yours or whatever. I don't mean the Catholics, like I just said, because that's what they always say. It's the church. You know? I mean simply the body of Christ, the men who have been put in powerful positions, let's put it that way, in our religious systems. And, you know, you've got all these denominations and, you know, we can sit here and name denominational names until the cows come home. And the cows get milked, and then the cows go back out to the field again. See, it's, it's a long, it's a huge long list. There's books th- four inches thick that deal with the different denominations out there, the, the uh, Christian denominations alone. <clears throat> and there's men in almost all of them that have been put in these powerful positions as uh, commissioners or, or presbyters or whatever the fancy term they want to use is. But they oversee the daily running and going and doing of these denominations. They, they, they're, the, they're the guys that when it all falls apart, that's who you look at. Those are the ones we're going to turn to. Those are the ones we're going to seek out. Now, I have watched uh, a, a, a host of them, the Methodists for one. It was like United Methodists, actually, that, that said, well, we've got to think about this homosexual thing. We've got to, we've got to maybe do a, a, a study on this and see what God really has to say. Now, first of all, again, for those of us who have been, you know, swept aside and, 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 and determined to be laymen, have a simple explanation for that. God created Adam and Eve, a man and a woman, period. He didn't create two men or a woman and a man and another man so that Adam could take his choice between the two. It was simple. Procreation was the idea. Being fruitful and multiplying. If everybody came off the ark and and, uh, uh, Noah's ark or God's ark uh, in Genesis chapter 6, 7, 8, if they all came off the ark and they all decided, well, I'm homo, I'm gay, I'm, I'm, I'm trans, whatever, we wouldn't be here. But God instilled upon these people, and they look at, we look back, some of these idiots look back and they say, oh, well, they were just unlearned, you know, dirty cavemen. They were not. They were, these were people of high intelligence, smarter than we are, I really believe, more tuned in to God than the average Christian or even the above average because they listened when they were told they didn't have a Bible to look at. They had to depend upon the truth 
that rang out very clear to them. Go build a ship in the middle of the desert, Noah, because trust me, I'm getting ready to do a a big thing. Has God asked you to build something? Because he's getting ready to do a big thing. Every day that we get up, we should be asking him, God, is there something that I need to build in my life? Is is there something I need to be doing in my life? Because you're getting ready to do something big. I'm telling you, if you ask him, he will answer you one way or another. Perhaps when somebody says something in 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 a sermon, or just in passing, you get into a biblical conversation with someone, then you you get it. Oh, wait a minute. That's something I need to work on. And they're not judging you, by the way. I'm just saying, you know, we, we sometimes pick up great inspiration from our friends when we listen to them. But we have to listen because sometimes God speaks through them people. You know, now the guy that runs up to you and says, I got a word for you, he usually doesn't. But there are those that sometimes they corner you and say, I have something that I I have to get off my chest. I feel like I'm being compelled to tell you, and they blurt something out, and and you you hear it, and you're like, you know, I was just thinking... You can't get away from it. When God really wants your attention, he's going to find a way to get it. And if you you ignore him, he's going to find somebody else to do it. You may miss out on the biggest blessing in your life. You may miss out on being a martyr uh, as well. Because sometimes, you know, the calling that we get isn't the one that we're looking for. And uh, God's callings are not always easy. There, there's a lot of uphill slogging to see if you have the metal, M-E-T-T-E-L-L-E, to hang in there. You know, it's not always easy, especially if you're going into a ministerial-type position. It's not always easy. It's not always glamorous. It's not always, look at the preacher. Isn't he a wonderful guy? Most of the time, it's this guy's a nut job. Why are we even listening to him? I'm praying still for more people to come to us here at Removing Confusion. I don't offer anything free except the uh, knowledge that God gives me. I don't give anything away. I don't ship anything out. Just my voice across several well-known platforms. If you think I'm doing a good enough job, pray along with me that we can build something for the coming days. And then, you know, if there's something you want me to look at, talk about, discuss, let me know. I'll try to do it. Luke 6, 37 is a mirror. And, uh, you know, like say, this is from the Sermon on the Mount, uh, um, Luke, they call the Sermon on the Plain, and nobody really has an idea if it was Jesus redoing this sermon in a different place and time or if it's just from a different perspective as it was told to Luke by. 
But he says, judge not, and ye shall not be judged. Condemn not, and ye shall not be condemned. Forgive, and ye shall be forgiven. Judge not, and you won't be judged. Condemn not. That's, that goes a step further. There's a lot of people who condemn people for all kinds of things. You know, when, when you hear somebody says, well, he's going to hell. You don't know that he's going to hell or not. Perhaps the person they're speaking of, if they continue to live in the, in the manner that they are, they will. But you don't know that. In their last moments, God may be, get as real to them as he it had did to you when you knelt or cried out for salvation. You know, I'm glad I didn't wait until death came because you don't know when it will. And you, you that are saved, you that know Jesus should be doubly happy. I know I've heard stories and I know people that got saved late in life. And, and some of them, I'm unfortunately, I've met a few that got pulled into what I would call a cult. where they teach bad theology or bad, uh, a lot of them, it's prophecy-driven. And they just spend all this time trying to convince you that we're living in the millennial kingdom already, and it's such a fallacy. If If this is the millennial kingdom that I'm looking out my window right now to see where it's cold snow on the ground. I mean, it is not warm here where I'm at. There's murders, rapes, suicides, death. I, I, I'm, I'm sorry. This isn't what I read it was going to be. If this is the millennial, it's not, folks, by the way. Don't let anybody tell you that. Don't try to let them. They, they will go on and I'm, I know I'm covering a bulk of things here. They'll try to tell you in 70 AD when the temple was torn down, that was when the millennium started, the millennial kingdom started. Where's Jesus? Where's, where, why isn't the, the city of Jerusalem shining like it should? Why, why is it that you know, people aren't living for really extended periods of time? It says in the, in the kingdom, if you die at 100, it'll be considered crib death saying infant death because you know of the way that people will live why don't those of us who died why aren't we seeing the others in their in their glorified bodies i mean it just goes on and on and and they they try to tell you and they're so convincing pounding their fist and putting out their pamphlets and their tracks and their books and everything else to convince you that you're living in the time of the rule of Christ on earth. And I'm like, no, we're not. We're living in a time of the church. We're living in a, a, a period of grace where salvation is very free and open to anyone who wants it. Not in a time when, you know, Satan has been bound for how many ever years now? Because we're 2,000 years past AD 70 and then some, and, uh, well, not quite 2,000, but you know what I'm saying. 
very close, and Satan is only bound for a thousand years. So I, it's you know, I guess we missed it, and he's out running around crazy again. It's, it's garbage. Seventh Day Adventist, it's garbage. Get away from it. Divorce yourself from that idea. Read your Bible. Find out that there's actually a lake of fire that burns forever and ever, not an annihilation where you never have to worry about anything ever again. You're just poof, you're gone. No, those souls go into that lake head first forever, where their torment goes up forever. Is that judging? That's judging a false religious system. It's judging a false statement by people who are trying to deceive themselves very well they are and deceive a host of other folks. Their churches are probably full. Our Christian churches are drastically behind the times as far as pulling in the people. We need to pray for a true revival. But those of you that are going to join me in praying for a revival, you got to understand what a revival brings. And you have to understand that a revival starts with you and me. Personal revival studying your your scriptures, listening to good preachers that, that fire you up to get involved and do things. You know, I'm 78 years old. I don't care how old you are. If you're 78 or 17, time is running out for all of us. We need to get serious. Personal revival is where you just get yourself into that. Remember when you first got saved, you felt that that heat, that fire, that zeal? Now you know stuff perhaps maybe 20 or 30 years later, and that zeal is now good biblical knowledge that can be used. Just pray that God can open your eyes and give you the the strength and the knowledge that we need to enact a spiritual reformation in ourselves so that we can let that fire catch on to others and make it burn brightly and cause a real revival in the church. I don't care if you're a Baptist Methodist, Episcopalian, or even a Catholic. The truth is there, right at your fingertips. Get get with it before it's too late. Until the next time, this is Tom Richardson with the Removing Confusion Podcast, exposing those that want to lie to us and deceive us and explaining to us how we can stay away from it. It's Friday the 13th, January 2023. What a day, huh? Till next time.
Tom Rich. Father, well, he's made me his own. 